Hey, what's up, what's up, fam? Welcome back to Kicking It With Chief V. Y'all know the deal, I keep it real around here. 2020, let's shut the door on that joker. 2021, let's open it up. Let's jump straight into it. Mind shift. I need you to mind shift. It's going to be positive. You're going to own it, right? I don't care what happened in 2020. I don't mean that flippantly. I do care what happened. What I'm saying is we're not going to get bogged down. We're going to look at everything that happened in 2020 at least uh, we won't go through it in the whole entire podcast, uh, but you look through it in your life of what happened in 2020. Where did you have the opportunity to grow? Did you grow like you want to? And then we're going to move into 2021 and, and it's going to be awesome. I don't care what anybody else says. It's going to be awesome. We're shifting our minds. Hey, we're airmen. We set the standard for everybody else to look at and say, hey, that's what I want to be like. 2021, we're going to rock it. We are absolutely going to crush it. We're going to dig into this just a little bit. I'm going to use a couple of talking points to get us to reflect on 2020 and then look forward in 2021 and use another major talking point about how we utilize that to set our minds around the things we need to accomplish as an airman, as airmen and as people. Y'all, you know the deal. Let's get it kicking. Hey, what's up, fam? Welcome back to Kicking It With Chief V. Hey, 2020 is a wrap, yo. It's over. I'm sitting here. Actually, at the time of this recording, it's not technically it's not over yet. It's uh, let's see, it's eighteen thirty ish here at Mountain Central Time in South Dakota. I got my cup of coffee here, and you know, I just said let's just cap off uh, twenty twenty if we can, and and talk about twenty twenty one. And you know, it's well, we've been through a, a few things this year. You know, this is going out to the to the airmen, all of our airmen and space professionals now called guardians. So that's that's another change there. Uh, you know, we've been through a lot as a service, and, and we're a reflection of our society, our society, our culture, American culture, if you will, has, I don't think it's anything new that has happened, per se. It's a revelation, if you will, of some things that a lot of people have known for a lot of years, uh, maybe has been brought to a different type of light, and that affects our airmen deeply. And and I'd, I'd be honest, be frank, keeping it real here, you know how I am. I don't think a lot of people have taken that in and and really thought about how it has affected all of our airmen and and some airmen more than others based on ethnicity. And and then we got the pandemic, right? The pandemic showed up and the great corona and uh man that 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 gave us a, a lot of opportunities to lead and as um, one of my good friends Rochelle Hemingway, Chief Hemingway would say, you know, leading out loud, it gave us a lot of opportunities to do that. And I'm just going to be real with y'all. Not everybody did that. Not everybody took up the opportunity to lead out loud. Not everybody took the opportunity to lead. I heard people even make comments like, hey, this is not what I signed up for. I, I had to ask them exactly what they did sign up for and you know what part of the support and defend the Constitution of the United States they didn't necessarily agree with. And not to be flippant here, but I, I, I didn't, you don't always get what you want. And, um, so anyway, yeah, we've been through it. I've been through a lot. Me personally, I've been through a lot personally. You know, I think all of us have. And speaking of the pandemic, that brought on some things that a lot of us, I'll speak for myself, I was not ready for. I'm a, a blue on the on the four lenses, if you will, the, the colors that we use to describe personalities. I was definitely a blue, or I am a blue. I love physical contact and hugs, high fives, fist bumps, handshakes, all of that. And and that just got taken right away. So everybody that's like me in that regard, uh, we're, we're suffering. Uh, not everybody's suffering, but we I think we might have a little bit different type of suffering, if you will. And then there's, you know, the the aspect of not getting together like we typically do. 
amongst our community in the Air Force of just gatherings, whether it be promotion parties and promotion ceremonies and award ceremonies, commander's calls, all these things. You know, we some of us even sat on the sidelines before, and I'm one that's done this as well. I'm like, great, another commander's call, another ceremony. This is awesome, you know. And as I grew up in the Air Force, and, you know, I've been around for a little bit now, uh, coming up on 20 years, I grew to appreciate those and really kind of look forward to them because there was a time where I could hang out with my brothers and sisters in arms and, you know, relax a little bit, let your hair down, so to speak, an old phrase, but, you know, where you can just kind of meld as a team and grow as a team. And so all that type of stuff got taken from us. And, you know, so there's it, but that's, that's more of like on the, the negative side when we think about the pandemic. And then we had the racial disparity, not only just the racial disparity report that just recently came out in the Air Force, and, and I made a podcast about that, but across our nation, you know, that like I said before, when I opened this up, this isn't new. It's not something that just happened. And it's more so not even just exposed, but definitely there was a few cases, a few uh, atrocities, if you will, uh, that, that really brought some things to light. And it really affected our country, affected our, our airmen. And as I said before, not everyone dialed into that and not everyone wants to dial into that for various reasons. I've got my personal beliefs on it and professional beliefs as well, but uh, not to, I'm not going to go 100% into that. But I, I, you know, I think 2020, I really believe 2020 gave us an opportunity to grow as humans, to grow as airmen. And I'm disappointed that not everyone took that opportunity. Oh, chief, you trying to bring us down? No, I'm not. I'm not trying to bring us down. I just keep it real. You deserve that. I deserve that. So I, you know, we don't need to sugarcoat things. We don't have any cookies. We're not talking about cookies. Remember, that's the only thing I like: sugarcoated sugar cookies. But we're not talking about that right now. So we're talking about real life stuff. So, but 2020 also gave us an opportunity to connect at a level that we've always had. Not always. That's wrong. We have had the opportunity to connect at this type of level before. When you talk about across social media platforms, uh, using things, and I, I consider Zoom a social media type platform, but a communication platform. We've had these things in the past, but we didn't have to take advantage of them. We had other ways to communicate face-to-face and things of that nature. But 2020 did give us an opportunity to communicate differently, to connect differently, to make it through the situations that we, we just discussed. 2020 also gave us the opportunity through revelation of things that we just discussed, to sit down and have good, open-hearted conversations with our teammates. And and the way I've seen this and the way I've I've talked about this, I've been talking about this for years, actually. And if you've listened to my other podcast on the on kicking it with, uh, I'm sorry, not kicking it, but uh, let's chat about it with Caleb. Uh, you know, I did a whole series on racial disparity in the Air Force. And for me, you know, I have had my eyes open for sure, but for me, it's a matter of the heart and we talk about the heart and the way humans approach humans and we don't connect at the human level really we it's a facade a lot of us you know it's more like box checking and and that's how we go through life and that's how we go through the air force our air force career and we and i'm again we'll keep it real with y'all sometimes we just play sometimes we just act like we care and we don't really care and that shows up in a multitude of ways racial disparity suicides you know there's a whole other community that we don't really talk about, LBQT, and the suicide rates that uh, across the Air Force, but how it affects different demographics, different, um, I guess you could say, subcultures within our Air Force culture, how it affects them differently. So, yeah, there's there's a lot uh, going on in our force, and 2020 gave us an opportunity to look at ourselves too, 
Did you look at yourself? What did you accomplish? You know, as this chapter closes, as we close 2020, like I said here, when I first started recording, we close this chapter at the end of the end of the night here and we roll into 2021. Uh, you need to stop and reflect. And, you know, you've probably seen posts out there. You've seen memes out there. And, and all those things are great. Uh, the, the things that they discuss about self-reflection. But when you sit and just think about it, what what have you accomplished? What did you do with 2020? How did you grow as a person? And and y'all know that when I when I say that grow as a person, we also mean growing as an airman too, because I don't know how you grow as a person and don't grow as an airman. And it's all connected. So, you know, just pause, you know, for a little bit. And uh, I would say, you know, when I say a little bit, a couple of hours at least, and just think back, what happened in 2020 with you? Did you learn to show more grace? Did you did your judgment of people and of processes and of things, did that increase? How about the hate levels in your heart? What do those look like? What's your grit level look like? You know, what what is your journey? What happened on your journey? Did you get derailed on your journey? What were your plans when 2020 started? A new me, a better me? What What was it exactly? And then compare what actually happened in the 2020, in the year. You know, so this isn't new. This isn't earth shattering. And you're not hearing anything right now that you haven't heard or thought of in the past, but maybe just hearing it again uh, from, from me, uh, from anybody else for that matter, that makes you stop and actually think about it. You know, there's life is, you know, I say a lot, we're living in our dash. You know, you have your birth year and the dash and then the year you died on your tombstone. And we're in our dash. What are you doing? What are you doing in your dash? And and are you going to blame 2020 on derailing you if that's what happened? Because I'll be honest, all it did really is give us an opportunity. A lot of us didn't see it as an opportunity. I, you know, I'll take myself and use myself as an example. And this isn't a humble brag moment. But, you know, I had multiple quarantines going into deployment and through deployment and injuries and all these other things. And the way I looked at it, I said, hey, this has given me an opportunity. And I want to share this with you because I want to speak to your heart. It gave me an opportunity to, like I said before, grow as a human, but to accomplish something. Any of y'all that know me know that it's very, very difficult for me to sit still. It's I don't do it. Even I stand up at my desk at work. Um, you know, I alternate sitting and standing. I walk around. People in the office tell you like, he'll just take off walking sometimes. So it's very, very hard for me to physically sit still and mentally sit still. My mind's always working. I think some of y'all can really associate with that and understand that that if I'm not doing something I consider productive, I feel like I'm failing. And so that's something I've battled with my entire life as an adult anyway. And my, my time as an, as an airman, I always feel like if I'm not accomplishing something, what I consider productive, it's hard for me to scroll on Facebook. I got to use Facebook for a positive outreach or, you know, whatever it is in my mind that I'm trying to accomplish, consider productive. I've got to do it. I can't just sit and watch a movie. It's got to be a really good movie to keep me entertained. Otherwise, I feel like I'm wasting my time. So I tell you that to tell you this. 2020 gave me the opportunity to sit still on a couple of different occasions. And I'm not saying the example I'm about to share with you, I'm not saying everybody needs to go out and and do this. I'm just using an example of me. I've always wanted to share, you know, more in depth. I've been doing these things of real talks and leadership minutes. I've been doing that for years as a technical sergeant and on. And, And people over the years have told me like, hey, man, you should put that into a book. Again, 2020 gave me the opportunity through, I was quarantined at Doffer at one point in time this year. And, um, I had two weeks to basically do nothing. We were in tent city in quarantine, literally tent city, and there was absolutely nothing to do. I'm telling y'all, when I say nothing, there was nothing to do. You couldn't go outside. It was so hot. It was about 100, I think, 26 to 130 it ranged. I mean, it's so hot. Y'all, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, 
the soles of my shoes were like squishy, squishy. Not like they're supposed to be, but a little more. That's how hot the rocks were. But anyway, I just sit out underneath the tree with my laptop. I found this one tree. It was over by the latrine area, the Cadillacs that we had. And I just started hammering out a book. Uh, and it wasn't like I had to create it from scratch. It was some of the things I've been working on throughout the years. But I just put the book together called Boot Leadership. And boot leadership, not to go down that journey, uh, but it's about the mentality of being on your journey, uh, of your leadership journey, your life journey, and what it takes to you know to make it through this type of journey. So 2020 gave me the opportunity, well, not once but twice, to write a couple of different things. And just really what it was was the opportunity to sit still for just a second and, and give me time to reflect, force me really, not give me, but force me essentially to reflect and to think and dig deeper. And to not become a, a, a victim of my circumstances that I found myself in. And so f moving forward, I, I suffered an injury and I'm still battling that injury right now. That has made me really focused mentally as well. Now, I could look back on all this stuff and be better. You know, I could be better that I had to do quarantine three times. And I'm, I know this is light work compared to some of the things other people have been through. But just using myself as an example, the physical injuries, all these types of things, you know, could be setbacks. And there's other things I won't even mention that have just been like felt like setbacks. And you can look at it that way as, a, as an obstacle in our way, or you can look at, it, look at it as an opportunity. I actually did a podcast with one of my good friends, Tom Lemire, Senior Mass Sergeant Lemire. Uh, great dude, great patriot. Uh, I did a podcast with him. I encourage you to listen to it. It's on the same recording platform here, Obstacles versus Opportunities, Opportunities versus Obstacles. And so it's a, it's a great way. We just walked through his young career or his career as a young airman about that and using those as examples. But anyway, as we discuss 2020 and we think about it, as you get ready to close this book or this chapter in this book uh, of life, or your life in your dash, what did 2020 do for you? What did it give you the opportunity to do? What opportunities did you take advantage of? I'm the kind of person I like to write things down or type them out. So I would I encourage you to do the same thing. Write it down, type it out. Where did you fall short? You don't have to broadcast it to everybody, but just knowing it yourself and being honest with yourself. Where did you fall short? What could you have done better? And then let's tear, carry that forward to 2021. So thinking about 2021, I want to speak again to your hearts. What What is the plan for 2021? Is it just to survive it? Like maybe you did 2020. Like, oh, thank goodness that one's over. Let's, I guess we'll survive another one. I know how to wear my mask now and sit at the house and telework or whatever. Or are you going to look at it as, man, what, what opportunities does 2021 have in store for me that I don't even know yet? And I'm telling you, it's a mindset. You got to move forward in 2021 with a positive outlook on things. Look, there might be some things that go your way. There might be some things that really stink, like some of the things we just discussed. But what did what can we take forward from 2020 that we've learned and then move forward in 2021 and be better at? And what I want to encourage us to do, for one, if you're in a leadership position, I had a good conversation, great conversation today. I was out walking around in the gym and I uh, had a 10 o'clock with, uh, with a good friend of mine that are becoming a good friends. I've uh, met through some other projects that we've done. And uh, his name is Curtis. And uh, so me and Curtis sitting there talking, and we were talking about the impact that leaders, quote-unquote leaders, people of, of rank and position in the Air Force, the amount of influence they have that they don't even realize they have. And, and y'all, this is, ties back to when we talk about having conversations about human connection, having them or not having them, racial disparity, having that conversation, not having that conversation, and just a multitude of other things. And so, you know, he says to me, he's like... Um, Chief, I don't know, when you have your next conversation, 
I want you to talk to the chiefs about, you know, are you an E9 or are you a chief and what does that mean and figure it out or figure out which where you where you fall in that. And I told him, I was like, yeah, man, I tell you what, all chiefs understand that. Everybody's chief mass sergeant understands the difference between an E9 and chief mass sergeant and whether they admit it or not, nobody wants to be an E9 because we all know what that means. But if we were talking about the position uh, that 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 particular, I should say, position, the amount of respect that it has. So I want to talk to all of you. And when I say all of you from from the rank position, and we're talking about the impact that you have uh, from staff sergeant, for airman basic, but from staff sergeant, because that's used typically in the Air Force where we say, hey, you're now in charge of, of this airman or group of airmen. You're responsible for their well-being. You're responsible for motivating, inspiring, directing, mentoring, coaching, and, and so forth, right? That's where that starts. So I'm speaking to that level and up and, hey, this this is 2021. Yes, I, I'm not your personal life coach. I'm Chief V here. You know, we're kicking it with Chief V, and I'm going to speak to the airmanship of this, the airman process, the airman side of it. But if you apply it across any part of your life that you need to, and, and this is not saying that you don't have to be a, a new me, a better me, lift more, run more. I'm not talking about that. All that stuff is great. I'm talking about a mindset as we approach 2021. And I want every person that has the opportunity and a privilege to be in a leadership position to think about the weight and the significance that rank and position carries with it and how people look at that, especially our airmen, our junior ranking airmen. And so me and Curtis were talking, he was like, I don't know if you understand, uh, you know, holistically the way that chiefs are looked at. And so to my chief uh, brothers and sisters out there, obviously you know this, and if you don't know this, then it's coming to you live right now. Um, We could say like, hey, we could walk into an office and be like, hey, this this paint man on this wall, it looks kind of crazy, man. It should be like a different color. And you say, maybe it should be blue or whatever. You come in the next day and it could very well be blue. Somebody's already painted. They take your word for gospel. So we really need to think about that from the staff sergeant level and up. Think about the words that we are saying. And I'll give you another example of that. My son, 19 years old, about to be 20, is now in the United States Air Force. He's gone through basic military training. He's in technical training to be a security force. He's going to be a defender. And, and so he's known Air Force his entire life. He, I came in the Air Force when he was five and a half weeks old. So he has grown up in the Air Force. He's grown up with dad at every rank that I've held. And and probably from, uh, he probably doesn't really remember staff sergeant. He's about three or four years old then when I had staff on. Um, he probably remembers the later end of staff and up. And, you know, it's it's always been dad. And so even when I was made chief, and I'm a chief mass sergeant, and it's still just dad to him. And that's the way it's supposed to be. I'm not saying it should be any different. But I want to tell you, all he came home for Exodus last week. Uh, from tech school exodus and uh, he got to come home and he acted different around me he recognized me as dad but also uh, as chief and I know that might sound weird and I don't mean for it to, to sound weird but it kind of made me feel awkward just the way he responded to me and because he's gone through basic military training now and he's seen like hey the staff sergeant was telling me what to do and he understands the significance and and how hard it is to actually make it uh, to the different ranks in the air force so he has a what I'm saying is a a renewed level of respect for the the rank and the position, and in and, and as Curtis would say, he's inside defense line. You can't get any closer uh, to the deal, if you will, than he has been his entire life. And now he has a different level of respect. So just imagine someone that is not associated with the military at all, doesn't know any of the inside stories, the inside scoop, and and they're coming to us, brand new airmen. And basic is whatever it is, whatever you've got in your mind. I would tell you that it's. It it is a process where they teach them, you know, good order and discipline. Then they go through their technical training, and then you they show up to your base, and 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 we have them from there, right? And so, what, how are we actually pausing to see? Hey, what 
the amount of weight that our words carry, the way that they look at us, the way they, they respect the position and how quick we can degrade that. And, and as, again, I'll quote Curtis says, we don't want to be a bag of hot garbage. We don't want to be that, that he calls it the pink sauce in, in the garbage. It's like straight nasty. Flies won't even land on it. That's how we can become if we allow the things that we face in 2020 to discourage us, to put us in the dumpster, if you will, uh, saying, hey, this obstacle is too big for me. And you've you've become, quote unquote, jaded moving into 2021. And we have brand new airmen like my son showing up, expecting great things from you as a supervisor, as a mentor, as a leader and as a coach. And, and speaking of coaching. You know, as we go through 2021 and you're sitting sitting down, and I would encourage you to write out at least five goals, five, I would say not at least, but no more than five, actually, three to five goals uh, of things like major areas that you want to approach. And again, I'm not saying this could, the rest of your life goals, you want to lift 315 pounds on a bench press, run a mile and a half, two minutes faster, and you've been running it. I'm not talking about that. You, you do all that too. I'm talking about ways to approach your your career as an airman and those careers around you five, I would say up to five things that you can really focus on and hone in on to be better, a better airman, a better person that makes you a better airman as we talked about before. So what are those things? I don't know. You're going to have to come up with that. You're going to know where you are in your career and you're going to know the things you've gone through, what you were successful at in 2020 that you want to build upon moving into 2021. And, and let's take let's take racial disparity. Let's, let's key in on racial disparity. And as one... Um, I guess objective as we move into 2021, I don't know. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't know what Big Air Force is going to do. Uh, I read the report. I recorded the report. If you want to listen to it, it's, it's on this platform as well. What What are you going to do with it? What have you done with it? Some people have already had conversations. Some people, all they have done is conversate, 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 and it doesn't go anywhere. And it's kind of, it feels like you're placating people. Uh, some people haven't conversated at all. Some people haven't conversated because they feel like it doesn't apply to them. And there's various reasons. Remember, I said I'm not going to go into all those reasons. I'm not turning this into that particular platform. But I would like to take this and, and just peel it back just a little bit. And, and like I said before, I don't know what the big Air Force is going to do. I read the report, and there was recommendations about even uh, how to track LOCs, LORs from the first line supervisor and up. So when you racial disparity, that report was really pointed at um, promotion opportunities, but more so justice, the justice system in the Air Force. Uh, so discipline, justice and discipline and promotion opportunities. But really, that was more so on the officer side. Uh, not to say that's not, I'm not implying that's not important. I'm just saying the fact of it is, is 2% of our pilots are African-American uh, versus, uh, you know, the, the other 92 or 98 percent, excuse me, uh, that go on to be wing commanders. So this, that part of the report is directed at that. So anyway, back back to the, the point of potentially tracking LOCs and up uh, and the demographic uh, of those who those LOCs are going to like race. Uh, you know, gender, age, things like that. I don't know if Big Air Force is going to do that or not. But here's what I will say. What I will say is that the things I've learned in my life and in my career moving forward, and, and people that know me know that I say this a lot, I want to front load you. And what I mean by that, I front load you with information. I want to be, no matter what position I'm in, what level I'm at, serving at, I want to front load the information. So as an example, don't even have to tell me uh, to. I need to report on what LORs I've written. I should already know that. Now, there's many different ways of squadrons accomplishing that if they had to do that. Even if they're not told to do that, there's different ways they can go about that. But what I want to get at is here is if we're offended by that or if we're taken back by that, why? And, it, and that's one of the things I want you to look at right now as you're making your goals and your plans for 2021 as an airman and how you're going to execute uh, your mission, taking care of other airmen around you, execute the actual operational mission. 
how are you going to move forward with this? And if you're one of those right now that's like, this is this is ridiculous or the Air Force shouldn't do this, you need to look in the mirror and figure out why that is that you feel that way. We should never have a problem, it, it, honestly, supervising, right? So if you're supervising, you're leading, and you're doing it the right way, then then why would there be a problem with somebody asking you to to validate that? Oh, that might be micromanaging, chief. I don't want somebody looking over my shoulder. And I and I, me and my colonel were sitting and talking, and we're going to do another uh, follow up session with our actual with our MSG out here at Ellsworth. But I was sitting and talking to him, and I was like, boss, the way I see it is it's a lot like coaching. And so when when you're coaching. You know, I'm an offensive-defensive line coach. I've done that for years. It's been a little bit since I've actually done it as a coach. But growing up and after I finished high school, graduated high school and stuff, I've, I've been involved in sports, and I love the offensive and defensive line coaching. And and I'm not going to sit there and just take, uh, let's say, uh, a, a player right off of off the streets, per first person who's trying out on the team or whatever, and just throw them right on the field in the middle of a game. And if you equate that to airmen, we bring airmen in, they go to basic, they go to tech school, they grow up a little bit as far as an airman grows up. Now, everybody that comes in is an adult, but I'm talking about the growing up of an airman. And then you, we send you to ALS and we prep you to be a supervisor. And mentors and coaches should have been doing that all the way along. And then ALS, and now you're a supervisor. So looking at that is like, hey, I've watched you in practice as a player. I've taught you certain moves and, and techniques. And now you've shown me in practice that you're ready to be a supervisor. You're ready to go out in the game. And then as a coach, I'll put you in the game. And then this is where people in the military think it's micromanaging. I see it as coaching. And you can call me whatever you want to call me, but I just hear me out on this analogy. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to see that you're using the techniques that we agreed upon, the techniques that I've taught you. I'm going to make sure that you're doing your job, your GOB, like you're supposed to be. If you're not, guess what? In the sport of football, your butt comes off the field, right? You miss a block, or if you're on the defensive side and your swim or your rip technique or your spin technique, whatever the technique is you're using is not effective, and there's somebody else on the sideline that can do the job better, we're going to sub, and you're not going to stay out on the field. So, but we don't do that with our supervisors a lot of times. We just throw them to the wolves, feed them to the wolves, throw them in the fire, whatever analogy you want to use, and be like, oh, good luck, and clap our hands and say we're done uh, as senior NCOs or the next tier of, of supervision or leadership. So what I really want you to do is approach this as you're making your goals out, am I coachable? If I'm not coachable, then how do I become coachable? If we look at it through that lens, I think that helps you grow as a person, helps you grow as an airman. If you look at it as like, nobody trusts me, I've been doing things right my whole career, my whole life, blah, 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 then you're not coachable. You, you've put up a wall. You've put up a barrier. You see this as, as an obstacle versus an opportunity. It should be an opportunity for you to shine as a leader, as a supervisor, as an airman. So that's what I want to uh, use that analogy. And I know I've, I've been rambling on here for a little bit, but you got to look at it as a coach. And then guess what? More and more time goes by, and I see that that offensive lineman, that center is doing exactly what I've told that center to do. And then it's like clockwork. I don't even, I don't worry about it. I still see it. I watch the game. I still see him, but I'm not watching near as closely as when I first put him in the game. So as young supervisors out there, all the way to the chief mass sergeants on the enlisted side, uh, are we coachable? Are 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 we just uh, that rigid person that? doesn't want to listen. Guess what? You're not going to be successful in 2021 if you're not coachable. So as you continue to make these, I, I, like I said, list them out and then, you know, analyze them, look back on 2020, the door's closing. 2020, 20, tw sorry, <laughs> 2020 is over. That door, that chapter is closed and we're moving into 2021. Are you coachable? Are you able to listen? Where's your grace level at? How, how much have you been able to give people grace? And, and then are you able to actually receive grace? And what does grace mean? 
Or what does grace mean? Does it mean that I automatically just say, oh, I'm just, you can roll right over top of me? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But we got to be quick to listen, slow to judge or slow to speak. Quick to listen, quick to try to understand. Don't listen to respond. Listen to understand. Contemplate it. No hallway decisions. Hallway conversations, great. Asking somebody how they're doing, chit-chatting with them in the hallway, that's great. No hallway decisions. Look, there, there is something to be said of, of speaking last. So I'm speaking to the chief mass sergeants out there, or the senior mass sergeants, or the mass sergeants. Be the last one to speak at the meeting or don't speak at all. Just listen. See what's going on. Because when we speak first, a lot of times we set the precedent for the rest of how everybody else responds and we never get the truth or we don't get all of the truth. All right. So when we're thinking about it, are we coachable? Can we show grace? How do we set the example of what right looks like and what empathy actually looks like versus sympathy? These are the things we need to focus on. How do I connect better at the human level? When I hear Chief V talk about connecting at the human level, how do I do that? How do I go out and get better at that? It's pausing, people. Take a break. Take take five minutes to an hour. Let's say take an hour. Take five minutes to think about it and then five, an hour to accomplish it. Sitting down and talking to the other human beings in your space and then being able to give grace right? We're all adults, but sometimes we get offended. Sometimes we get upset when somebody says something we don't agree with, but being able to understand to give them grace and then have a conversation as adults and not rush to judgment and don't rush to just open your mouth uh, to respond. You know, you need to listen to try to understand. And and I've said it for a little while now, politics, race, and, and religion that we've I've heard since I've been in, don't talk about these things. It hasn't gotten us to where we need to be. I think we should be able to talk about these things. I think we just have to be, I know, we have to be adults about it. We have to show grace and understanding with each other. But I don't know how many organizations this last deployment I was was on was great. I got to go into so many different types of organizations like a baby wing. Uh, It was an AEG. And I can't tell you how many times I came across people that were either supervisors to the airmen or just in the same room that didn't even know anything really about other than face value. Like I talked about in the beginning and the opening of this, I'll give you a quick story. And I think it paints the picture of, of where we are as a, as an air force, as a, as a people. And so I was having this conversation with, uh, it was an African-American female NCO and an A1C Caucasian airman male. And, um, so when I walked in, we we're just chit chatting about normal stuff. And then I asked, so what do you think about racism or racial disparity in the air force? And this is quite a few months ago. And, uh, so African-American female NCO, and she has a lot to talk about. She has a lot of experiences, uh, that were, were not positive, unfortunately. And so she had a lot of information, a lot of, like I said, experiences to share with me. And, and I turned after she was finished, I turned and I asked the young airman, I said, what do you think? And he said, honestly, chief, until you brought it up, I, I never knew it was a problem. And so there's a lot of different feelings that people could have about that. And so the NCO, she, she couldn't believe that he had said that. And I said, well, hold on, let's, let's talk this out. And this is where the grace piece comes in. I said, let's talk this out. Let's, let's find out more about this. I said, where did you say you were from? So he said where he was from, and we won't mention it here just in case it, it tracks back to him somehow. Um, but he said where he was from. And I said, okay, well, how many African-Americans did you have uh, in your high school? He said, Chief, I had, I think it was about four, four African-Americans, uh, if I remember right, they were in high school with me. I said, okay, well, what were your interactions with those African-Americans? And, and uh, he said, well, nothing, really. I, I mean, I'd see him in the hallway. You might say hello or whatever, but I had different friend groups, and I never hung out with them. I said, okay, so in your hometown, what was it like in your hometown? He said, almost identical to that. You know, it's predominantly, you know, white. I said, okay. 
So the first, uh, who's the first, you know, African-American you've really been in close contact with, you know, even through basic and tech school. And he's like, he looks and he's like my supervisor, which was the NCO that was just talking to him. And I said, okay, so we haven't really talked about where we are and from where we're from, where each other are from. I said, so I didn't even know that, you know, we hadn't gotten to that point of the conversation where I even knew at that time until he told me that there was a supervisor and, and Rady, you know, a, a relationship there. And I said, all right, so that's where we got to start, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we have to start is at that conversational level and and go from there. And then that's where I said you have to have grace. So these are the things I want us to look at in 2021. I use racial disparity as a talking point for this. And not, I'm not saying don't take that out of context. I'm not saying it's only a talking point. I use that as an example to generate conversation. But you can pick a lot of other things. But what I'm telling y'all and what I really want you to focus on is you're making these goals for 2021. As my good friend Rick Barnett would say, uh, who I knew is out in Okinawa, it's a matter of the heart. What is in our hearts? That's that's what's either going to make or propel human connection or dissuade human connection is what's in our heart. I can't fix that for you. There's no process Big Air Force is going to come out with. There's no check boxes or no checklist. It's a leadership thing to help people with their heart problems. Individually, you have to come to the table. And you have to be willing to listen and learn and grow. As leaders in the field, wherever position you're in, if you're a leader out there, it's your job. It's your responsibility. America is counting on you because they're entrusting sons and daughters to you. They're entrusting young people, the young American citizens, to you for us to be able to defend, support, and defend the Constitution of the United States. I'm about to get on my soapbox, y'all. To support and defend the Constitution of the United States, they're entrusting us, the us's out there, the leaders out there, to take care of it and to get it done the right way. So what are you doing as a leader? Are you passive? Are you out there actively seeking ways to make it better and actively seeking ways to connect your airmen with each other and, and with yourself at the human level? And when, please hear me on this. At the human level is where this stuff happens and changes. Okay? It's not a checkbox. It's not a checklist. It's not. There's no book that you can read. Yeah, there's great books out there. Um, there's There's great speakers out there. But guess what? You bring Simon Sinek in your organization, not promoting, just saying that's that's one that came to mind me and Curtis were talking about earlier. I said, guess what? We're on a tough road. So you're out there. You might be feel like you're going against the grain. So we could bring one of those speakers in. They've never walked our path. Most of them. I mean, you might get some military leaders out there that are now retired and made it in the speaking world, and, and, and which is great. Okay, they're motivational speakers. That's great. So maybe they could speak to us at our level. But a lot of them, a lot of the, when I say to them as the public speakers out there and motivators, motivational speakers, they haven't walked in our boots. They don't understand what it's like to be an airman. They don't understand what it's like to have the weight and the stressors that we have on us, all of us, and then go out to execute the mission, also connecting at the human level and making sure. And there's something else that, so nothing against them. They're great people, great, great motivational speakers. But how do you apply it? And when you apply it at the tactical level and where all this stuff actually happens, like Chief Wright and, and previous Chief Mouse Sergeant, or I'm sorry, Chief of Staff of the Air Force, General Golfing, when they said that it was the squadron is the most important, and this new, I would say, new Chief Mouse Sergeant of the Air Force, uh, Chief Bass, and Chief of Staff of the Air Force, General Brown, as they take us forward, and no pun intended, into 2021, like we're talking, that hasn't left where the squadron is the most important. That's where all this stuff happens. So when you take those motivational speakers or those books you've read, and then you start applying it at the tactical level, you're going to be met with some resistance. 
it's not all, uh, you know, just what they say, rainbows and, and tulips or, or whatever, right? It's not all easy. It's not all cake. It's not. It's hard. And like I told Curtis today, I was like, hey, you know what, brother? Sometimes it's like you're the only one. It's like you're the only one on the island and, and you're having to bushwhack your own trail. You got a machete in hand. You're having to just like cut through the brush to make your own trail. But guess what? It's our responsibility to do that because there's people behind us that are following us, that are expecting us to blaze the trail for them and show them how it's done. So, if you're out there and you're feeling like, I hear you, Chiefy, 2021 is going to be my year, but I got all these obstacles and I'll say, stop right there, er, hit the brakes, all those opportunities. There are people that are going to be in your way. There are naysayers out there. There's people that don't believe there needs to be a change. There's, there's, I get it. I get all of that. What I'm telling you right now is you're responsible for you. You can't be responsible for those people that outrank you that are in your way. You can't be responsible for them. You're responsible for you and those that you, if you've been entrusted to lead, mentor, guide, direct, motivate, and inspire. That's, those are the people that you're responsible for. You're responsible for your actions. So I need you to march forward. Even if it's blazing your own trail, you blaze a good one. So it's not always going to be easy. But I just want to encourage you. Look, we made it through 2020. You look back whether you grew like you wanted to or not. You still had the opportunities. You still got some battle scars from it. You still grew. And that's what I want you to reflect on is how you grew and then how to be stronger in 2021. Y'all, I know I, I dropped some stuff on some people's toes. I hope they had some safety boots on because I know some of it was hard. Look, I know it wasn't all, you know, like I said, rainbows and unicorns and all feeling good because you know what? That's not my job as a chief. My job as a chief is to tell you how it is and, and that based on my experiences and my perspective of things. Uh, so I, I want to keep it real with y'all. I really hope the best for you. 2021 is going to be our year. You're going to have to attack that mind, mindset of, of of shifting your mindset to look into the positives and taking the obstacles and turning them into opportunities. Y'all got this. Trust me, you got it. It's too easy. You, you've been waiting on a moment like this. Your moment is here right now. It's a moment for you to shine. Uh, don't squander your moment. Y'all know you can always reach out to me. I'll help you on your path, help you on your journey. And like I said in the book, lace them up. Let's get after this. Aura, Chief V, out.